Hey, this is Hank 3, and you're listening to Devil Horns. Devil Horns! Well, welcome once again to the wildly successful Devil Horns. Of course, I'm Corey, one of your three hosts. With me, as always, New Jersey Nick. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Ray Rock. Oh, yes, as always. And on the other side of uh, the continent from us is Mr. Mike Zombie. Dude, how goes it? Good. West Coast, best coast. Thank you. I don't even uh, believe that. I love uh, the East Coast. I'm just kidding. I love New York. Sorry. All right. Hi, everybody. Hello. <laughs> Uh, well, it's good to be back here with you guys once again um, to uh, tackle actually a great album. But uh, before we get into that, um, let's talk about uh, the response to our last uh, full episode. You know, I've put up a ton of interviews uh, since then, but uh, our, our corn episode uh, it seemed to garner a lot of uh, feelings from people. And, uh, you know, nothing, uh, I'm not going to get specific on who said what or whatever, but we got, uh, you know, a fair number of comments and, and Facebook uh, posts about it. Um, generally, uh, you know, people seem to either agree with us or think that it just were, were way off base. And they came in, you know, I think somebody mentioned that we really didn't go into much of the musicianship guitar-wise, um, which I think we covered. Like, oh, I, I think we did. Yeah, we you mentioned it. You and I, you and I both play, and I think we discussed what we thought of the uh, musicianship, eh, front to back. Really, I, I think we covered that fairly well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, simple. how much are you, you even going to talk about it? I mean, they aren't known for their guitar work, you know. Right, right. The simple riffs, you know, the chunking sort of riffs, and then the weird squeals and you know little noises that they make with them, and that's that's it. That's that's what it is, and it's. Uh, you know, while there is a certain level of skill and uh, talent involved in those sorts of things, it's certainly not a real high level. You know, I wouldn't put them put them up there with, uh, you know, like uh, uh, it's the Morbid Angel guitarist. Um, I was just sure. reading uh, Trey. S Steve Vai isn't taking many tips from these gentlemen. That's all I'm right, saying. Right, right. So, um, you know, we're we're pretty good with that, and you know, a lot of people just, uh, you know, of course, rightly so, said that we, you know. Uh, concentrated heavily on the on the first few albums and dropped way off. Um, we didn't even get detailed into uh, many of them, the Untouchables and stuff, which I, I don't even re remember anything about, and I maybe listened to once. Um, but that said a whole lot for wh what our opinions were. So, uh, what'd you guys? I'm sure you guys read some of the comments as well. Is there anything you want to respond to? Maybe Mike. <laughs> Mike, you seem to. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, get called I. Out. Yeah, boy, did I get called out ever. Um, you know, my feelings are what they were. It, the best example was my son bawled me out both online and in person over the phone. And um, and as I explained to him, which I'll explain to our listeners, I think for a lot of people that disagree with us. Uh, and like you said, there wasn't a lot of middle ground. It was like either, yep, you guys are right, or what are you guys talking about was kind of the, the reaction. Um, for a lot of people, it was a metal changed at the time. And uh, new metal kind of hit the scene. And for a lot of, for like an older metalhead like myself, I resisted that a long way. And still, and now I'm letting some new metal bands into my, into my catalog. But it'd been, I wasn't ready for that. And to me, it wasn't metal, I think, at the time. But a younger generation, such as my son, was primed and ready to accept it. Um, so I'm coming from a different standpoint, and they're coming at it from youth. So um, I think maybe that's part of my disconnect with it. But but in the end, fuck everybody, I'm right. Exactly. I'm kidding. I'm the, <laughs> that's the way. That's the way. That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it, it, I mean, our opinion, and we, we talked about this, but our, our opinions and views, of course, uh, are from, you know, where were you when you first heard, heard Korn, you know, and then what were you doing, sort of what was the other music around, what was the time and, and, and things. And that had so much to do with it. And I, I think, you know, especially me, I, I formed such this great, great opinion of this band right off the bat. And um, so they had to hold a really, really high standard for me, and uh, which, I you know, they sort of maintained for a couple albums, but uh, just, uh, to me, really dropped off and, and uh, got all... Uh, just overproduced commercial, you know, whatever, whatever. We covered it. Nick, is there uh, anything you'd like to add as far as the response or uh, anything you'd like to clear up? 
Not really. I mean, I was just surprised that people, some people actually still like corn and somehow found our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, no, I mean, pre- people mostly agreed with us, most ashamedly. Like, yeah, I bought the first four, three, three or four albums and then nothing, dude. I don't know what I was thinking, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it is amazing. I mean, right after I think we released that episode, they were on Jimmy Kimmel. Um, Mike, was it you that posted that sold out marquee? after shitting on them i'm at work and i'm i'm trying to get back home driving through downtown la and i pass by and i'm look over and i'm like oh sold out well there we go corn right here so what do i know there's a bunch of creepy looking long-haired people all around the building so obviously i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah I, I but i'm sure they they rocked the wilter and they had to have they were like kimmel the night before blocking me in hollywood trying to work but yeah but the wilter was packed hmm. so amazing how big of a joint is that is that a it's it's a larger I mean it's it's bigger than your average club but it's not like a big amphitheater it's but it's still a good size house I'd be happy to see anybody there so that's cool. uh that's cool. so and every seat's pretty good yeah yeah well, and, unless uh, you're seeing corn <laughs> yeah you know I did I actually uh, I I watched the Jimmy Kimmel performance um and it was just so like it was all production and it was just like no energy to it at all like they were really trying hard you know they had this whole industrial backdrop they had like this cage sort of uh um chain link fencing stuff behind them with people kind of hanging off of it and but the music was just so uninspired man and it, it was just mm-hmm. the performance was like you know they didn't care you know kind of like we were talking about before um you know the, how they're performing just just to be up there and, and not really give the audience anything and I don't know. It's just, it was just bad. There was just no, uh, no uh, real energy, nothing genuine about it, I guess is what I'm saying. Like no sort of uh, integrity or, or genuine sort of energy there at all. It just all seemed like very plastic and they're like, we're corn, you know, we're look at us. We're up here. So this is why you should watch us. Cause we're corn. <laughs> and on that, that was my read. That was my read. So, you know, take it or leave it, but we're right. Um, so, exactly. uh, <laughs> moving on. Corey knows um, what's up. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I literally do not have the time left on this earth to waste on corn <laughs> on Jimmy Kimmel. So I'm sorry, I have not seen it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's. Uh, I'm sure you've used those five minutes uh, much more wisely than I did. Um, but Nick, you've had some great things going on, man. Yeah, I started writing for MetalInjection.net. Um, I currently am doing. Um, hopefully weekly articles on horror meets metal horror movies that is meets metal stuff i don't really know uh what i'm going to do in the future with them but at least for the month of october i'm doing that and my first article was a list of five horror movies made better with metal and um i won't tell you what they are so that you actually go there and read it but i did want to share with you some of my favorite comments both from uh the (laughs) facebook post and the website on uh the article are you ready Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck that list. <laughs> I love it. Uh, this list blows dick. That guy was a little more creative. Dokken is metal? Seriously? Oh, Dream Warriors. Fuck yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Ruining my list, dude. But no. Uh, yes, there was this thing called hair metal. And even though you hate to admit it, hair metal was fucking metal. Uh Here's here's one guy just wrote metal should be blasted after every suspenseful scene to start <laughs> as, much, as much as possible. Okay, uh, okay, five movies. How about all of horror movies, dude? What? <laughs> okay, uh, Dat List spelled of course D A T Dat List L O O O O O O L Jonathan Davis dot 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 two metal dot 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 I don't even know what the fuck he was talking about. Um, terrible Did list. LOL cat post that? Holy shit. I don't shit. know what the fuck that was, dude. Uh, terrible list is terrible. Um, uh, this, uh, he, this guy wrote, the Saw films aren't horror films, but they're thrillers. That's, that's weird. Okay. Uh, someone wanted to mention a movie that I missed. Ace Ventura, dot, 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 Cannibal Corpse. Dude, uh. Ace Ventura is not a horror movie. So there you go. Wow. 
<laughs> well, it was for me because Tone Logue was in it, and I'd had enough of his ass by that point. <laughs> but please, if you're listening, go and look on Metal Injection. Five horror movies made better with metal. It's got a bunch of pumpkins in the picture. That's how you know which one it is. Click like, read it. Read it, and if you like it, click like, okay? Yeah, yeah, and I uh, posted a very special <laughs> article about that up on the website, so people can yeah, go you to can get Devil to it Horns. From, from devilhorns.org. Yeah. And even if you like it, please post fuck this list in the, in the, uh, <laughs> yeah. in the comments. Really negative comments. That, really that, let, that lets Nick know that you appreciate his hard work. And get creative, you know. It's, oh, uh, yeah, don't just be, uh, you know, fuck this guy. R- write something really terrible. Yeah. <laughs> most people, honestly, most of the comments over and over again was, why didn't you include Shocker with Megadeth? I had never, I, I saw Shocker back in the day, but I don't even remember it, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I do, but it was such a it was such a forgettable film that there were much better choices. I mean, exactly. it wasn't it wasn't forty films that were made better by metal, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> oh, well, that's great. Why not, Nick, why not kiss that. Phantom of the Park? Sorry. Never mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a great. Oh come on. That's oh come on. Hey, oh, dressed like no Superman. All right, never mind. <laughs> Star Child. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, boy. Well, Nick, that's that's fantastic. Congratulations on that gig, man. And that's um, thank you. Good look job. Forward to, uh, to reading everything else you got under your sleeve. So uh, fantastic. Well, gentlemen, if uh, if that's all the sort of uh, business here that uh, we have to uh, address. Oh, hold on. Ooh. I have some business to address. Oh, oh my. Oh, you do. Yeah, I do. How come we haven't mentioned how fucking famous you made us, Corey, with your interview? <laughs> Let's discuss this briefly. Let's not skip past this. That was pretty epic. Uh, it's a huge yeah. success. Uh, yeah. Um, the numbers on this thing just uh, really floored me the next day. So, I, yeah, I released this on like a Friday. And just like anything else, you know, we did the same amount of, of promotion that we do, which isn't much. You know, we just put it out there and whatever. And by Monday, you know, the stats are going through the roof. I'm getting, like, pingbacks from Blabbermouth and Metal Sucks and Metal Injection and, like... Every Metal Sucks. Uh, yeah. And, uh, again, looking at uh, the page views, the downloads for that episode, it's just like, wow. Wow, this is the real deal. And it's from all across the world, like, all over the world. The list of countries, like, coming up in the Google Analytics was just, like, awesome. And uh, it, it was just all timing. That's that's what I have. To, all timing. He didn't do many interviews. Uh, apparently, any he did a few, I guess, where he just made bold, sweeping statements and didn't go into detail. And yes. uh, apparently, I was the first one to really you know, dig into this story, um, which I was completely unaware that I was the only one doing this. I had assumed going into it, you know, he's he's a big deal. Down's a big deal. Crowbar's a big deal. Like I'm assuming that a lot of people already got to him as soon as the, the news that he was switching over broke. Um, but that wasn't the case, and you know, I was apparently the first, and he just, uh, he, he was great, and it really wasn't me, because I just asked a few questions, like, why'd you do this, must have been a tough decision, you know, and, and really, he uh, opened up and talked for a long time, and uh, I'm really grateful about that, but really, I had no idea, you know, it was just like, I didn't contact him, like, I, I just wanted to talk to him, you know, it's not like I was trying to break a story or trying to dig deeper or anything i just wanted to know because i'm a fan you know and i do the podcast for me <laughs> you know and if people enjoy it too then that's great but um you know i gotta first and foremost be having fun at what i'm doing um and it was fun talking to kirk and it just like i said it's a product of timing and just sort of the uh, uh lack of interviews that he had done at that point so mm-hmm. and anybody who's late to the party and doesn't know what we're referencing um Corey interviewed Kirk from Down and Crowbar um, about why he's leaving uh, Down. And apparently, as Corey just explained, he got the exclusive details. So that's who we're talking about. Oh, and yeah, just yeah. Uh, Google us, motherfucker. <laughs> just Google us. Yeah. Just just for shits and giggles, I just I just Googled Kirk and Crowbar. And the fifth one down is is a link to the story, uh, mm-hmm. quoting the interview from Corey. So, Corey, good job, brother. That's amazing. And uh, <laughs> that's fantastic timing. Good for you. Uh, yeah. Good for us. Good job, bro. Yeah, no pressure now to keep this up. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That's yeah. great because you interviewed Phil, uh, Hank, and now Kirk, 
And I haven't done shit, so I could literally walk in with, with like, Tico Torres from Bon Jovi and fucking act like I run the shit. I'm like, yeah, yes. man. Look where, I'm br- look where I'm bringing you to for your interview. Check this out. No pressure on me. But you've got, you're like the Yankees in 98. You've got everything to prove next year because everybody's looking at you. So. Uh, well, Good job, buddy. Well, I appreciate that. But, uh, it was just really all dropped in, dropped in my lap and sort of fell into it. So... But uh, it, it is really it does feel good though when I see that uh, you know stuff that I did is actually being quoted you know on on big sites like this and I, I turned to my wife uh, as soon as I saw all this happening I'm like well honey you know now officially I could put on my resume that I'm a rock journalist you, <laughs> you know? really are yes I, I, you know have I think I've met the criteria so I, I have another thing to put on my resume and Damn. so. Yeah. I can put on mine that I know a rock journalist. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, references, Corey. And, and a columnist for... Uh... Right, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm the only one that doesn't have shit going on. Yay, me, all right. <laughs> all right. Oh, no, no. So, well, what do we have this week that's phenomenal? Oh, well, um, you know, we explained in the last episode that we were doing an album review, and it's my turn to pick. Uh, I picked Ass Jack, which is the 2009 album... Released by Hank 3, Hank Williams III, whatever you want to call him. He just goes by Hank 3 or even just 3 lately. Um, but uh, this thing had been circulating in bootlegs. He had actually been doing this Ass Jack gig for years before the album actually came out. And it was just in response to the people wanting this music on an actual studio album, uh, why he went in and did this. Um, so uh, before we get into discussing this... Let me play a little montage that I made that will really give you a great idea for what's going on here because not actually not a whole lot of people have uh, have heard this, but I think it is worth listening to. So sit back and let's enjoy some Ass Jack. Wow. Uh, felt like I just drank about a pot of coffee or so there. <laughs> and, uh, man, yeah, some uh, really high-energy stuff. But uh, gives you, uh, I think, a great idea of what we're dealing with here. Um, so, guys, ask Jack. Uh, neither of you have uh, listened to this. Have you, have you heard of this before I brought it up? Not at all. Hmm. Totally unaware of it. I, I have a friend that's a Hank uh, my friend AJ, I'll mention her by name, is a Hank 3 f- super fan. And I, she had mentioned this a couple times, and she's seen him a bunch of times in Vegas. But I'd heard of it, but had not heard it until you brought it to the show. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, this had been circulating on bootlegs because, of course, uh, Hank, when he does a gig, he just like does at least two or three sets, and they're all, you know, it's, a, it's, it's country, it's metal, it's punk. Uh, you know, now he's doing the three bar ranch stuff, which is speed metal, <laughs> speed metal with auctioneers doing vocals. Uh, and it's it's hilarious. Um, it's good stuff. But uh, he he's a very diverse artist. So um, he uh, just to give some background on this, he did have a touring band um, that has, uh, you know, a bunch of people in and out for both his country and his metal stuff. Um, and for Ass Jack, of course, on the road. But this album and this is this is his pattern anymore uh, now that he's been releasing independently he did 
everything, like 100% from all the instruments, all the vocals, all the producing, all the recording. Uh, everything was done in his home studio. He did all of the distribution on his Hank 3 label. Um, just the whole shebang. Like literally, the one guy made this all happen, um, which is amazing considering uh, a lot of the musicianship and how tight a lot of it is. He's a great drummer. A lot of people, a lot of people are given reviews online and they're like, the, the drums, uh, the, the drums are programmed, you know, that's one flaw. Um, but they're not, they're actually not. It, it, he's, uh, he, he plays those live. I mean, he's, that, that was him playing the drums and they're just really, really tight. And I think it was the way he recorded them too. Um, so anyhow, that's just sort of uh, some groundwork for this, um, because I, I think it's quite an amazing effort for one guy. Like, it's stuff like I, I try to do in my basement, and I can't come anywhere near being this tight and, and producing things so well. Um, and, of course, he's been in the industry for a lot of years, so I'm sure he's picked up a lot along the way. But um, there we go. Uh, Nick, what are your first thoughts upon hearing uh, Ask Jack? Well, my very first thought, when you said we were reviewing something called Ask Jack, I was like, what the fuck is Ass Jack? <laughs> I think he said it was um, from Hank Williams III. So I was honestly expecting like just straight up Psycho Billy. And it's definitely not that. You don't get that almost at all. Um, I mean, maybe it's a little Southern Fried at times, but not really. Um, it, what I would say, though, you bringing up it feeling like a, co a cup of coffee is right, man. This is very energetic shit. Um and I mean, I wasn't that into it the first time, but after that, as I kept listening to it and kept listening to it, I got into it, man. It's got such a good just like, dude, it makes me want to headbang. And I was headbanging at my office cubicle while I'm working. Uh, by the way, everybody hates me at work. I don't know if these two <laughs> things are connected. Um, anyway, uh, I would say it's got a punk rock heart, you know, like you definitely hear a punk influence and, um, it, you know. Oddly, at times, it kind of reminded me a little of Otep because of that sort of rawness. I don't know. Of course, with a dude singing. Um, and some of the heavier, more grinding moments and also the way that he um, the way that he uses his voice actually reminded me of American Head Charge. Um, the way that he sort of stretches on vowels a lot of times and stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was uh, definitely like I definitely got into it. I think um, – well, if you want to hear something energetic to pound someone's face into, this is fine. <laughs> nice. Nice. Mike, what do you think? Well, <clears throat> I like it. And I really super liked it the first time I heard it. And the second, I listened to it again today um, just to kind of refresh myself. And I still like it, but I noticed a bunch of things that I thought was kind of weird about how he put it together. So I wrote a bunch of notes. But yeah, I mean, overall, it's a very energetic uh, album it really is and I'm so proud that this comes from such a long musically historically relevant line of people and I like to point out to, to Mr. Nerjizzi Nick that you know Otep Shemaya she might as well be a man seriously she could whoop all fucking three of us so <laughs> oh, yeah I bet she punches hard uh, I don't doubt it at all but uh, <laughs> yeah I, I'm, I'm most impressed see that's the thing again I'm most impressed by an artist that can do it all um I, I think there were a few mistakes he made in this, and I'm blown away that the drums are live. That's he, fuck, he's really good. Um, so yeah, I, overall, I, I like this very much. I'll continue to listen and, and certainly um, purchase more. But we can talk more about the mechanics as they come along. But um, what an amazing all around artist and just great guy. Seriously. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Couldn't be actually couldn't be a nicer guy right? to talk to. And I'm yeah. just like you, you. I, I don't know. He sounds incredibly pissed. And, uh, you know, in interviews as well, and, and, and not mine, but in uh, other interviews I'd read with him and watched, he says that, uh, you know, when it comes to his songwriting, you know, because he writes a lot about violence and drugs and, and drinking and, and things like that, you know, and it, even in his country music, he gets into that. But uh, those themes are explored in Ask Jack. And they, they ask him, how much of this is autobiographical? How much are you just sort of... Uh, telling the story through the eyes of a character that's not necessarily you or, or what, what's sort of that mix. And he says when he writes songs, it's 90% him and maybe 10% sort of embellished or fabricated or, um, you know, something, something like that. 
So, um, you know, th this is, I think, really, really getting to, <laughs> to the heart of him and uh, just dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, aggression. Of course, this isn't his first um, or his last sort of uh, foray into really, really angry stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, this is, I think, a very, very honest and very fun album. Um, a lot of fun. You know, I listen, I, I just have fun with it because it's so, it's so relentless. Um, I like the, I like his song structure. I think, you know, generally, um, you know, for me, my, my tendency as a, as a, you know, I write songs and record songs and stuff, but especially the heavier stuff, uh, I go more simple. I don't have a lot of parts, a lot of time changes, a lot of slowdowns and speed ups and things like that. But I, I really like his songwriting in this and the way he structured them because they're all pretty much, you know, they're, they're, they're complex as far mm -hmm. as they have a lot of different uh, things going on them and, and, and things, like I said, speed up, slow down, have some interesting parts. Um, zero solos, though. I don't think there are any guitar solos on this. It's all, uh, True. It's all straight up. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, and a, a criticism I'll just bring up is, uh, a, a, of course, something that is uh, on, more on the technical level. And uh, this is a very hot album. Um, it, uh, if you would happen to, uh, you know, have this and load it up and like it, to see the waveform of this, it's like, we are talking about, you know, like death magnetic, you know, that Metallica did like it's a, it's oh, yeah. a solid bar the whole way across, just maxed <laughs> right. out. And that's how this thing is. I mean, this thing, he took it all, uh, as hot as it would go. His vocals are distorted for the most part. And, uh, you know, everything's just really, there's a, there's a good bit of compression going on on a lot of stuff. So. Yeah. Um, did that bother you guys? Because frankly, it did. This didn't bother me as much as Metallica's level of um, insanity with with Death Magnetic. But well, well, those are that's not a um, a straight comparison either. I mean, this is something that needs that kind of noise to it. You know what I mean? Um, not not necessarily needs, but deserves or can run with that kind of noise. Whereas they made that Metallica album loud just for the sake of being loud. You know? Yeah. There's a big difference. Um. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just the aesthetics that are, uh, you know, uh, it works way better here. Yeah, absolutely. And all my criticisms are technical. I mean, it's, it's completely technical. Uh, I, I, my, and the compression wasn't even an issue with me. <clears throat> now, Corey, I'm surprised you didn't pick up on this because you're a darn good bassist. Um, <laughs> now, what I noticed, and you're, and I agree with you. I think. To me, while these songs are not duplicates of each other, I realized that I was hearing shifts in tempo and drops. I, I kind of knew it was coming to each song because he kind of found that formula and kind of stuck with it. But he moved it back and forth a little bit, and they were all impressive. So, I mean, I can't knock him for his playing, not at all. But I noticed that 90% of this album, the drums sounded very thin to me. And mm -hmm. not they weren't heavy, but they were thin because... Uh, his playing, he when he plays the bass, he's duplicating what the guitar does. He's not holding down the bass with the bass. He's actually walking step and step by step with the guitar. I noticed that throughout the whole album, and um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I think it was okay here, uh, but I, I that did stand out to me because the bass. I'm like, why does the bass sound? It's heavy, but it sounded thin because there was no punch coming out of the uh, of the other side of that. Right. Um, but it was still good. Um, what else? What else? What else? Yeah. Um, I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, as a musician, I noticed that, but I'm like, this is still really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, as far as a lot of criticisms go, uh, because I, you know, if you get on Amazon or, or you know, YouTube, if there's, there's a song posted up there, uh, a lot of the people either, <laughs> there's no middle ground, you know, again, kind of like corn, you know, it's like people, either really really love this like me I, I could just i could just play this over and over again and actually i have um but i could just sit there all day and play this album over and over and over again um and it would uh, be a long time i think before it got old um but there are those other people those other people who uh oh <laughs> always got to who... come along and fuck it up for the rest of us see? well this see oh. what the pattern seems to be is they like hank doing country and they look at this as just like really terrible. Like, how could Hank do this? This ain't this ain't uh, 
the right thing for him to be doing. And, and you know. <laughs> oh man, and it's hilarious. It's hilarious. But uh, people who are just like, yeah, stick to your country, Hank. This is garbage. You know, I threw this away. I listened to the first ten seconds and threw the CD away. And uh, it's really hilarious. So, you know. Well, you would kind of have to expect that from a country crowd. I I was raised on country, so I I can appreciate both of his sets. Um, but I guess a lot of people, they, they like what they like, but they also you need know, to keep their mouths shut. <laughs> damn, I'm surprised that they're even, um, that they're even aware of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not like Foo Fighter fans are out there like, man, I can't believe Dave Grohl made ProBot, you right, know? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And the, new, and the new Ghost, by the way. Do you know that? What, he was, he worked with them? He produced it. He, he produced he, their brand, their yeah. brand new album coming out. Yeah. Oh, he produced the EP, too, didn't he? Well, the new Ghost album coming out with the uh, the cover we were discussing earlier, uh, the Rocky Erickson. Yeah, that was done with the, with uh, Dave Grohl. Oh, it's not out yet. I, oh, I thought not it was yet. out. Oh, comes okay. out I think next month. But uh, oh, yeah, gotcha. um, I was not aware that he was aware or that he was working <laughs> uh, with them. That's uh, weird. It's actually really weird. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I'm not a big Ghost fan, but I read that. And I'm like, wow, they've actually scored a few points now with me because you know Dave Grohl. I, I like Dave Grohl. I think he's a, he's a you know pretty cool guy. And being that he's working on on Ghost, listen, I'm like, hmm. Yeah, listen, but to Nick, this, listen to Nick backpedal with his fucking hands out with that. This can't be. Look on his face. <laughs> no, it's oh, okay. yes. I don't. I yes, I just can. said I love Probot. But anyway, uh, you don't hear a lot of the 14 year old girls at the uh, the Foo Fighter concerts going, "What is this Ghost thing? Does Dave like the devil?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, he does. Actually, no, yeah, I, I, but, I'm just talking. But about country that. fans, country. Uh, well, Dave played the devil once for Tenacious D, but that's another story. Anyway, um, <laughs> oh, oh, and, the, see the funny thing about Ass Jack too. You know, people buying Hank's country stuff and then also buying Ass Jack and, and being so surprised at it. Um, it's just hilarious to me because he's been doing this exact same thing live, you know, on the same show. If you went yeah. to see Hank 3, you saw this. This is just another set that he did. And, uh, you know, of course, would get a lot of the same reaction, but it's just hilarious to me that, that people wouldn't have known that much about him. To, well, uh, in multiple bands, this isn't the, he's not putting his toes in his water. He, he, I mean, he's, he's an established metal artist Yeah, with, with <laughs> different bands. So they, they, just, they just don't know their history. Oh yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's he's uh, all mixed up with uh, Phil and Selmo, um, you know, and I hate God. You know, they, uh, he was Hank, was the bassist in Superjoint Ritual, and he was uh, the drummer in Arson Anthem. And actually, Arson Anthem is a great like hardcore punk album. Uh, Phil's playing guitar, which is cool, and uh, Phil can actually shred. Uh, just to put that out there, I. Um, he he does like a hardcore punk sort of uh, sound on Arson Anthem, and so it's not real technical, you know, and it's sort of down and dirty and stuff, which is expected. But I'm going off on a tangent here, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys don't either. I um, love it. But Phil, there was I saw this YouTube clip um, where there was a Pantera show where Phil and Dime actually switched places. Dime was singing and Phil was playing the guitar. Dude, Phil was soloing. He was all over the place and really? sounded great. Yeah, I'm like, why didn't they this. do that more often? But it's some, <laughs> it's some, and it was it was absolutely amazing. And I know that Phil does write a bunch of um, a bunch of the songs in the projects or most of the songs. You know, he wrote most of Superjoint and he wrote all of uh, his illegal stuff. And so, any, anyhow. Um, uh, that's uh, Arson Anthem is a, um, I think something worth picking up. Maybe we can talk about you know further down the road. Sure. Um, but um, but yeah. So I mean, he's you know it, it's not a big secret that Hank you know does all this crazy stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, just but I guess that's to be you know expected. You have these Hank Williams Senior and Hank Hank Williams Junior. You know, these old-time country fans, you know, the, the people who are, are, are like, this is rebellious music. You know, what, what Hank Jr. Yeah. did was, what, that's a true rebel. And everything else is just sort of posing, and it's not, it's not real rebel. And then coming into here with Ass Jack, to me, Ass Jack is, is so rebel. I mean, it's so, has the same attitude um, mm -hmm. as punk. And, you know, like Nick said, you know, this has a punk heart. Um, and that's, that's absolutely true. And it's a lot of the same energy that drives a lot of rebel country and, and stuff. And again, I, I talked about that with Hank and, uh, you know, he's, uh, 
he just takes the credit. He enjoys the criticism and he just brushes it all off. He's like, hey, that's that's to be expected, man. It's that's just the kind of thing I do, and the audiences I draw, they're gonna love it or hate it, and so. He he just he, he it's one hell of a parking lot, I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, so, but uh, anyhow, are there any uh, um, any songs that uh, sort of stuck out to you guys? What's your, I mean, what's your favorite song? Um, if you could uh, pull one out. Oh, um, I forgot the title, one. but it's the one that's like "Smoke the Cocaine." Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. cocaine? Is it just cocaine? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Uh, I don't. Th- I think that's actually the song after uh, "Cocaine the White Devil." Um, because "Cocaine the White Devil" is one, is one of the bigger songs on this album, and uh, "Cutthroat" is that? Yeah, it? I think that's "Cutthroat" actually. Let me see. I'll play it up in the or background. Maybe not. Maybe not. I I could be wrong. "Smoke the Fire." Oh, maybe it is. "Smoke, Smoke the Fire" was cool. Hang on, I'm listening back to that one. <laughs> yeah, man, that one. Ah, uh, that one's awesome. That's one of the ones that made me really think of American Head Charge. I don't know if either of you guys are familiar with that band. They were kind of big when, like, not even big. They were, like, on Ozfest and stuff when Metalcore first started becoming a thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they never really got very big at all. No, but Seamless still plays on the radio out here. I still hear it from time to time. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. Sure does. Hmm. Uh, for me, yeah, I certainly liked, well, I liked it all, but Cocaine and the White Devil stood out for me. Um because uh, I've done one and been called the other many years ago. Uh, so I was like, check that out. But doing what I want, I thought, um, broke away from the rest of the album and was completely different. So I mm-hmm. especially enjoyed doing what I want. And what's with uh, leaving off the G? We've Choking and doing. Hey. <laughs> He's How much rebel. time are you saving leaving the G off and adding the apostrophe? <laughs> Seriously. Rebels don't, have, don't say G. Yeah, they don't have Gs in the South, man. Come on. Just say uh, that's how it is. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. <laughs> but good. I, I uh, love like the album, but especially love those two songs. Yeah. For me, um, I I think what I keep coming back to, and I I like all of them. I mean, to me, there's nothing really especially weak. You know, nothing I skip over. You know, I don't. I never forward any tracks. You know, I'm just like, yes, this song's next. Yes, this song's next. Yeah, I just, exactly. I love it. Um, exactly. But uh, to me, I just love uh, the first one on there. I think it's uh, Tennessee Driver. Uh, the very first track, mm-hmm. um, because that sets the tone right there for everything. I mean, in that song, I think it's a good uh, sort of cross section of what the entire album is, because it starts. It's a little bit sort of sort of hellbillyish, you know, at the beginning, and and then man, it just picks up with those chunking riffs and um, just the the content in it, and just it is so hard hitting. And from there on, I mean, the, the album just does not let up. So to me, it's just because I remember the first time I put this album in, in you know, I knew it was going to be good because I've you know, heard a lot of it live before. But uh, I had no idea that, that sonically it was going to assault you like it did. And uh, so to me, it's just as soon as those first couple couple lines of Tennessee Driver kicks in, man, it's just it's wow. Great. Yeah, yeah. It's so. like. Mm-hmm. To to liken it to something I used to love to put on Fourth of July shows for my friends, and I would always light something off loud and bright and explosive to get everybody to shut the fuck up and pay attention. And that's exactly what he did with Tennessee Driver. It starts off, boom! All right, there we go. We're all listening now. We're yeah. all into it. It's yeah. a good attention getter. Good song. Yeah. Now uh, something I've uh, you know again people have mentioned in uh, you know different comments and and reviews of this that uh, uh, the album might have suffered. Uh, from him just doing everything himself um, because you know a lot of times you're in a band you know and you you play off of different people's ideas you know the, especially the you know bassist and, and drummer play off of each other all the time and and uh, how that works especially in metal with the guitarist and um, just how everything blends together and song structure changes d- timings change I mean you know as you go through the practicing and rehearsing process and then recording you know get in with a producer and the producer is going to put his two cents in of course and then um, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of energy that feed into uh, actually the finished product that a band does and it's not just one guy doing the whole thing now do you think that there would have been any advantage to him maybe leaving some of this. I mean, if you listen to this live, there's actually soloing on a lot of this live. Um, and it's really good. I can't, I can't think of uh, who else was in his touring band other than Joe Buck was uh, his bassist. 
and uh, in both the country and in mm. Ask Jack for a while. And Joe Buck is, I think he's doing like a solo, like rockabilly kind of thing. And he's a, he's a really cool artist. But, um, you know, other than that, I, I can't remember who these guys were. But uh, he had a lead guitarist, and then uh, Hank was playing rhythm, and then they had a bassist and uh, another singer that would do the screaming parts. So Hank would do more of the singing parts, and he actually had a screamer, you know, sort of like a death metal singer uh, doing those heavier parts. And on, on the album, Hank did all of this. So um, do you think this could have benefited maybe from a separate producer or maybe separate band members um, or do you think that the the strength in this was just letting Hank be as honest and raw and this just this is me I control it all and this is what you get? Um, is that is that something you guys think would have been beneficial to this at all? No, I think the raw. Well, I think the rawness is what um, sets this apart and makes it its own. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll take the contrary point. I think. Um, I think adding someone else into the mix, maybe a couple of people, would have made it a little less predictable as far as the changes went. Because, again, from song to song to song, I kind of just knew listening, like, okay, I can feel a change coming up because it was kind of like the last one. But the good news is it's all good. I mean, I wasn't let down by any of it. So, I mean, bringing other people in would have added variety. But, again, you also, you're also going to lose I, I hate to be so cliche and call it the artistic vision, but the, that is what it is. You know, um, you lose some of that along the way. And I would say there's I'm not at all surprised he's got someone screaming live because he is an artist that does have to work off of his voice. It's one thing to do it in the studio a couple of times, but to have to scream every night, you risk the whole other side of your career. You exactly. Know, screwing up your voice. So I totally True. understand and respect that. Yeah. Yeah, because he's got to go on the next night and do more country sets you exactly. know, where he's got to be on. So, yeah, yeah. But, uh, man, I just uh, I really enjoy this. I recommend it. Um, you know, it might be a good idea. Uh, I was watching a really, uh, really great uh, YouTube, a bootleg of uh, Ass Jack, of um, Tennessee Driver, I think it was. And uh, just it was really, really cool. And it's, uh, it's really tight, actually. They're amazingly tight live. But uh, it's a little bit different, too, like I said, with the soloing, the separate screamer, and, and just that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe I'll uh, put a couple of those up in the, the show notes for people to enjoy. And you can just, you know, again, go to YouTube and just look up Ask Jack, all one word. And uh, so that's, uh, it's good stuff. Um, so final thoughts, uh, I suppose, on this um, uh, would you recommend it? Who would you recommend it for? And who would you, uh, what kind of maybe metal people, metal fans out there, uh, think, do you think would pass on this? And you say, nah, if you like, if you're more of a, this kind of metal guy, you're, you're probably not going to dig it as much, but, uh, um, who would you recommend this to Nick? I guess people who like, Hmm. I, it's hard to say who I'd recommend it for directly, but I guess if you like stuff that sounds raw and a little bit punk um or if you're a fan of hank williams the third <laughs> um but uh you know it's on spotify so i think anybody should check it out i mean especially if you just want to hear something that'll make your head bang yeah anybody specifically you would you would think in uh, that might be listening now that wouldn't enjoy this at all and might be kind of put off by it uh People who just like mainstream stuff probably aren't going to find this for that interesting. I mean, if you like clean vocals only, obviously you're not going to like this. Yeah, or Metallica, or you know. Right, if you're the Metallica and Slayer only guy, <laughs> oh, I had to say you it. might like it. Uh, maybe I'm trying to yeah. figure out how to work corn into this. Hold on, I'm looking yeah. there. Uh, uh, if you there. if you disagree with our corn episode, maybe Ask Jack might be a little too hard for you. That's a that's a fair statement. I I I think you're right. There, because I think hardcore corn fans, you know, people who are who are uh, sort of taking the the opposite standpoint that we were, um, you know, or just uh, wouldn't understand this or would think it's crap, probably. And why isn't this produced better? So, no, that's a fair statement. So, I would recommend this to any any metal fans like me who you love your metal, old school metal, new, whatever. But more especially. If you have a, a part of you that just craves a little bit of punk, I crave a lot, old punk, but it's got a really great punk energy. And um, obviously this would go out to Rockabilly, Psychobilly, all these groups would probably love it and already know it much better than I do. But I will say, if you also enjoy punk and the energy of punk, you will definitely 
like this. Hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, it's uh, definitely, you know, I'd say, uh, you know, a lot of Pantera fans. If you like Pantera, you really like Pantera. I think you're really going to like this. Um, it has a lot of uh, sort of some of the songs have kind of like like that groove, you know, like the um, yes. kind of dime thing, you know, going on there. And, um, you know, Hank, Hank was a big Pantera fan as well. So that's uh, understandable. Um, you like hardcore, you like punk, you like uh, some death metal. Interestingly enough, uh, Hank has referred to this as his death metal album, which I completely disagree. Um, but I don't really know how to classify it. I mean, it's metal and I agree, you know, Nick, when, again, when you said it has a punk heart, I can't call it a punk album. You know, it's not really a punk album it Has some punk parts here and there, but it's so heavy and abrasive other yeah. times, but you know, I can't call it death metal. Cause a lot of the theme, I, I think that to be death metal, you gotta have some certain themes, going on there and and uh um i don't know it's not death well, metal call it maybe hardcore or i mean it even yeah. is closer to hardcore punk stuff than um than death metal for punk stuff. Yeah. i would say though though heavy i think the drums are too articulate to be considered death metal and i don't mean to offend anybody by saying that but um you know death metal to me is a lot more about speed True. And, uh, not so much about good syncopation and bumping back and forth, which I thought this had. Yeah. But also, death metal is like thematically linked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, whereas this yeah. is like pretty much just about uh, l- like literally doing what he wants or um, drugs. <laughs> Was that with a G? I didn't hear that. Did you leave the doing. G off? Of that? I said do in. Do oh, in what he damn wants. Damn it, you got me again. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, what is it about? It's about partying, it's about being a rebel. Uh, that to me is not yeah. death metal at all. But that's my personal opinion. Whatever. I mean, maybe this is as death as he will ever get. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, I agree. There, there do have to be you know certain themes and certain uh, certain imagery that you deal with with death metal. Um, and another guy was saying, oh, there's a little bit of black metal woven in here, which I completely disagree with. There's I, zero yeah. black metal at all. <laughs> was this my son it, spouting off again? No. Uh, all right. Well, again, I think that's good. If you are one of these uh, really devoted black metal fans, you know, you're the really into you know a lot of these Norwegian, uh, you know, and, uh, and 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 the quest for Vikings, uh, yeah, Viking about? metal, <laughs> polka um, core. Don't yeah, forget. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. I heard some polka core on this album. Uh, yes, but uh, very little melody. To this you won't hear any synth i think there's some blip some synth blippy things going on right at the beginning of the one song but that's yeah that's uh, kind of squashed out quickly um so yeah in yeah. fact in fact that reminded me the beginning of mexican or the beginning of the ending of mexican radio where it goes bloop, 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 it gets all weird i'm like what the fuck is this <laughs> oh i know totally different totally yeah different. yeah so uh, yeah, fantastic. Good choice, album. Corey. Good choice, cool. well, by thanks, the way. Thanks. And thank you, because I, I don't know if I would have seeked this out. Uh, so I'm glad you brought it to my attention. Good stuff. Cool, cool. Thanks. Uh, this is on the list of uh, one of the bands, one of many bands out there that, uh, you know, I'm a little embarrassed to say in front of my mother. You know, there are uh, a, a lot of bands out there that, uh, you know, you're like, Mom, I'm listening to, to Ass Jack. You know, it's just, it's not something I'm sitting at dinner with my mom and, you know, I, I feel comfortable <laughs> as, as having family conversation with my mom. And uh, so. I know, I know it's a noun and a verb, but that's not what it is. It's yeah. just some crazy name, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like uh, Gibby Haynes with the butthole surfers. He said, you know, to that day, his, his you know, his, his mom would always yell at him every time he, he said the name of his band or something like that. She always had a reaction to, to language. This is my home. I'm sorry, mom. I'm just talking. Like, that's, the, that's the least sort of obscene thing that Gibby Haynes uh, says or does. Uh, just saying the butthole surfers. Yeah, right. Uh, but um, did but, we yeah. mention that you actually posted an interview with Hank three on the site or did we actually forget that? Um, I, I alluded to it. It, it, it's, it's up on the site. You know, I posted, it was like a, you know, a week after, uh, Phil's interview. Um, so it's in there right. and it's in the feed and everything. And, uh, it was, it was really, really cool. It was, uh, actually right before he released his, uh, next batch of albums. He, you know, like I said, he's so diverse. He released another country album, uh, called, uh, what brothers of the, the, uh, two by four, something like, Oh, I'm going to screw that up now. And I feel bad. 
Um, that was his country album, and he did another, which um, is more of a straight-up punk album, um, which is called A Fiendish Threat. And uh, these are all on Spotify if you just type in uh, Hank 3 on there. Like, all oh, this stuff comes up. Um, so, yeah, the punk thing, it's really cool. It's really raw. It's actually done with a distorted acoustic <coughs> guitar, excuse me, and um, is a, a very interesting... Um, he also has another, um, he has that three bar ranch that I was talking about, which is the speed metal with the auctioneers. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, I have this stuff in my throat. Um, he has another album and he alluded to this on, uh, on our interview called attention deficit domination, which is a <clears throat> doom metal album. And again, it's all him doing, doing everything, but it's all doom. And so real slow, real like stoner rock, real down tuned. So um, definitely a lot of just insane, insane stuff. And he brought a lot of that up. And um, yeah, just uh, he was great to talk to. Like I said, it, it was hard. You know, if you listen to the interview I did with him, just like, is this, this can't be the same guy that did Ass Jack. Like, <laughs> he's just too nice. I mean, he was, a, he was polite. And he was like the Southern gentleman. And at no point was I like, he is a crazy cokehead who just might split my throat at any point. You know? <laughs> You know, just I, I didn't. Were you expecting that? I don't. Well, <laughs> listen to some ass Jack. I mean, he's talking about cutting you and and you know, shooting the cocaine and stuff. I I, I don't know. I you know, this. But he's a very fine gentleman, and uh, so has a great record collection too as well. He's a big vinyl collector and has some uh, some great great vinyl. But um, yeah, yeah, man, this is uh, a lot of fun. So I'm glad I could uh, turn you guys on to this and. Hope uh, you can continue to explore him because he's he's worked, uh, you know, like I said, not only with Phil um, in uh, you know metal projects, but on one of his uh, he releases albums all the time. And he did a country album here a couple years ago, or maybe it was last year, um, where he worked with Les Claypool on a track. Uh, he worked with Tom Waits on another track. That's epic. And that's yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. So that's how crazy, crazy. Um, uh, diverse he is and I just think a, a great artist and I wish again I just wish I could pull this kind of stuff off in my basement on my recorder and uh, stuff but I just don't got that kind of talent I yeah it's a, it's a true musical genius you know what I mean like yeah. there's some people who could just do this sort of thing yeah yeah like any instrument they pick up they can play at a professional level and the rest of us got these sausage fingers that can't fucking <laughs> Tear apart a sandwich properly. Like, like Nick's actually looking at my hands. How's he doing this? He's right. He's perfectly right. Uh, well, well, thank you guys for talking with me about Ask Jack, and I hope we turned uh, some other people onto it as well. Um, I believe Mike is up next for uh, our album review, which is going to be two episodes from now. And uh, so um, uh, we'll start thinking about that, And uh, if you haven't already. And uh, for our next episode, of course, we're back to more of a more of a thematical uh, sort of thing going on. And uh, we've talked about it. We've mentioned it briefly in the past about, uh, um, you know, what uh, what's this guy all about? Because he's uh, he's sort of the reason for the namesakes of this here podcast that we're doing, Devil Horns, uh, because, of course, he's uh, the man who is legendary for sort of bringing that. That was his trademark was the devil horns and that was he he talked about it a lot in interviews you know going back to his origins in italy with his grandmother and things like that um of course we're talking about ronnie james dio rest in peace um so yeah um some of us understand him and his place in metal and some of us might might not be might be a little bit more unclear about that is that a fair way oh, to put I, it i know where the line is drawn yeah and this started <laughs> I'm willing to get into this shit right now. Oh, Folks, man. listen, I need your help. <laughs> Listeners, I need your help. My esteemed colleague, man I like, please understand where I'm coming from. I like this man, New Jersey Nick. Yeah. Offhandedly mentioned, why the fuck is Dio popular anyway? I almost <laughs> went to his house to pick a fuck. <laughs> that was his fight. words. <laughs> it was, I mean, uh, granted, it's not verbatim, but it was pretty close. And that snarky fucking attitude was dead on. What's oh. with this Dio guy anyway? No, he was. Uh, no, he. I'm kidding. Of course, Nick. Nick brought up. You know why was Dio so big and so? Why is he held in such high regard? 
considering the kind of music he made and, and the era and everything else. And um, Corey kind of wondered a bit, too. And I immediately, almost as if my own father was insulted, challenged them both to a duel. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so we're going to talk about Dio, the things that everybody knows and the things that nobody knows about his place in the music industry and why he is important, even if he isn't the most relevant guy nowadays, why people still simply adore him. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a learning experience for me. So, mm -hmm. that's, uh... now you know, I, I think it will be an investigation of Dio's legacy. Mm. That makes it sound all like it's going to be on the biography <laughs> channel, right? Oh yeah, that's good. Wow. Well, we're we're getting a lot bigger now. The podcast is just like, <laughs> yeah. So we have to. Have yeah, to thank God we're tackling games. current artists now that we're big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right maybe, maybe we can talk about fog hat next month let's get this shit yes. way. let's get it rolling <laughs> dude Corey, if you can figure out a way to make us all rich from this podcast we'd really appreciate it oh, we're well on our way there my friend we'll be your butlers <laughs> you're fucking yeah. carrying us on your shoulders so oh I my gosh that. oh you guys no Oh, but uh, so it, this, it's gonna be a great episode and um, <clears throat> you know of course we we all uh, we just try to uh get a lot more uh people on the show as far as interviews and things and are always reaching our feelers out there and some people jump on it and some people don't and uh that's okay that's okay because we understand they have really important busy schedules sure since so. since it's coming up should i re should i mention the album review of this guy it's gonna be in two weeks right uh a month. Or, what, a month. Should I mention it now or hold it as a surprise? I, I can do either. I don't mind. Oh, well, um, no, no. Fill us in. Why not? Why not? Let's do it. Folks, La Bamba soundtrack starring Los Lobos. No, I'm kidding. That'd be great. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Something so obscure that, that you guys are like, oh, God, please don't make us listen to this. No. I have that I'm cassette in a box. I kid you not. <laughs> no, I, I loved it, too, at the time. Now, folks, we're going to go way back. We're going to go way back to 80s heavy 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 metal with a look at a not even a main band uh a side project band that kicked the shit out of everything that was around it at the time and still holds up today we're talking about stormtroopers of death with speak english or die yes stormtroopers of death oh yeah featuring members of anthrax nuclear assault uh, and M.O.D., though, we really don't acknowledge Billy <laughs> Milano's career after S.O.D. But you're going to love it, Nick. It's hard. It's heavy as fuck. Oh, man. You have no idea. Oh, oh man. Man. Oh, over here giggling like a little schoolgirl at S.O.D., man. This is going to be great. Okay. Wow. Man, D.O., S.O.D. I could sit here and just talk about those and, and ruin both episodes right here and right now. But we won't. Uh, we appreciate that uh, you all have listened of course, uh, you know, we're all doing other podcasting things. I'm with uh, um, Mike and Jamie over at Evil Episodes. And uh, big news right now, of course, is The Walking Dead, which I am DVRing as we speak. And we'll queue up as soon as we're done recording. Um, and a lot of other great horror on TV. So check us out on uh, EvilEpisodes.com. We're on Horrorphilia. And, um, of course, my friend Nick over there with the Slasher cast, which is yep. going strong. Uh, strong-ish. Sure. Yeah. Slashercast.net. Um, and also please check out my article on metalinjection.net. Um, and you can find me on Twitter if you want to hit me up. The best way to contact me is Twitter at New Jersey Nick. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, Mike. Mike, the, uh... <laughs> you might as well skip straight to the credits. You know, my <laughs> podcasting future is done. Uh, okay, now we just sorry. concluded a Little Dead podcast, um, which is uh, and And uh, I... I made my goodbye very sad to the walking away thing from the Hulk. I did mention you, Corey. Not you, Nick, because you're evil. No, Corey, because I met you through that show. Yeah, and, uh, I appreciate but that. But, Nick, uh, I certainly I love and respect you. But I, did, did I was only mentioning you good. Well, I meant it personally. God damn. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but I, I'm, I said goodbye to people I met through that show. I met you through, through Corey. But anyway. Uh, so that's done. We're still going to do Zombie Moms uh, I've, uh, coming up, and I'll have better links uh, coming up soon. So. Can I ask you about that podcast too? Because I only know I'm only even aware of it from the advertisements. Uh, glad, I'm glad we're popular. Yes, please uh, go Sorry, ahead. Sorry, dude. I haven't, I haven't listened. Are you on Stitcher? That's the real question. Yeah, every, everything we All do right, is on, on Stitcher. Stitcher. I'll look it yeah, up. So. All right. So um, you, you do like 
what a mob movie and a zombie movie or what? No, it's it's a theme. Okay, the zombie mob we we review typically a foreign or excessively bad domestic zombie film, and uh-huh. uh, and it's done under the guise of uh, that we're presenting this to a zombie godfather, and uh, it's it's a weird premise. But the the intro and outro is really funny as we've cut uh, zombie. My building's on fire. Great. Oh goddamn. Um, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Oh, awesome. well, you better get out of there. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, good time uh, to end the episode. I'm going to mute this, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> oh, my. Well, uh, I hope. Uh, Dude, every, his podcast ended. His building's oh, on fire. This poor guy. Ah, well, um, yeah. I hope uh, our, our third host is uh, still alive for the next episode. But, uh Anyhow, devilhorns.org is uh, the website. Uh, check us out on Facebook and Twitter and everything. It's uh, really a whole lot of fun. And uh, we, uh, we have a lot of good chats and uh, good things brought up, uh, especially on Facebook. It's uh, good stuff. So tune in here uh, again in a couple weeks for some more Devil Horns. Good night. Opening music for Devil Horns is taken from the song Killdozer by Strychnia from their EP, Reanimated Monstrosity. Find Strychnia at facebook.com forward slash Strychnia.